welcome to the fourth season of our Maritime Impact podcast series. I'm your host, Eric Nyhus, Director Environment for Maritime at DNV. In our last season, we focused on the impact greenhouse gas regulatory developments will have on the shipping industry. We explored the implications of MEPC 78 and also tried to bring some clarity to what the EU is doing. In this season, we will continue to keep a close watch on IMO and the EU, explore the possible coming fuel landscapes, and bring you discussions with some of the key players to get their insights on what the future may look like. Today, I will start off with the status of what's going on in the EU. While it may not seem so long ago that I last talked about this, there have been significant developments since then, with more to come later this year. We hope you enjoy the episode, and now on to the show. First off, a little bit of recap to set the scene. The Fit for 55 package was launched by the European Commission last summer and is intended to pave the way towards the EU's 2050 net zero target. It sets a 2030 55% reduction target for the EU as a whole, using 1990 as a baseline. Fit for 55 contains a number of updated or new directives and regulations, but as far as shipping goes, the four of particular importance are the revised emissions trading systems directive, rolling shipping into the existing ETS, the fuel EU maritime regulation, a new regulation intended to drive the shift to low carbon fuels, the revised alternative fuels infrastructure regulation, this will increase the availability of shoreside electricity and LNG in ports. And finally, the revision of the Energy Taxation Directive, ending tax exemptions for conventional marine fuels while incentivizing the uptake of alternatives. In this episode, I will be giving you an update on all four. To begin with, we need to talk about process. Those of you who listened to the last episode can safely fast forward a little bit. You already got this. But for new listeners, it is important to understand a little bit of the decision process in Brussels. The basis for new regulations are the proposals put forward by the European Commission. However, to get from a Commission proposal to an EU law, there needs to be negotiations involving the European Parliament and the Council of Ministers. This is known as a trilogue. Before the trilogue can start, both the European Parliament and the Council need to hammer out their own internal positions on the Commission's proposal. In broad terms, these positions will take the form of proposed amendments to the original text. With the respective internal positions established, the Council Presidency initiates a trilogue, and in most cases, this eventually concludes with a negotiated final text that becomes law. So, as you can understand, the process to get to a final agreed outcome has many stages, many moving parts, and a lot of things happening in parallel. The directives and regulations of the Fit for 55 package are all moving through this process, but at various speeds. And the pace of the movement depends on not only the complexity of the process and proposals, but also very much on the politics of the issues and the priorities of the presidency. This has implications. So, let's take a look at the individual parts in detail. Let's deal with one of the, air quotes, easier ones first. The Energy Taxation Directive was proposed to take effect from 2023 and will remove the tax-exempt status from traditional marine bunkers for EU use, 
while at the same time incentivizing the uptake of alternatives. The economic hit for conventional heavy fuel oil would have been slightly less than 40 euros per ton of fuel. This proposal appears to not be moving forward. The current Czech Council presidency does not appear keen to pull the trigger on the trilogue, leaving it dangling. It does not mean the proposal is dead, but it does mean that it will not be kicking in from 2023. Whether it is merely delayed a year or remains in limbo for longer, that will depend on the priorities of next year's presidencies, first Sweden and then Spain. With the ETD out of the way, let's have a quick look at the emissions trading system, the ETS. Now, on to the ETS. This summer, we finally got the position of the European Parliament sorted and the trilogue commenced in July. However, the negotiations are made complex by the fact that the ETS revision is about a lot more than just shipping. In fact, the inclusion of shipping is seen by many as a less significant part of the negotiations. There are other higher profile issues to deal with. This means that negotiations are moving slowly and can be expected to conclude around the end of the year at the earliest, with a final law published at a date well into 2023. The implication for shipping is that, barring some kind of negotiation breakthrough, I firmly believe that the ETS for shipping will be delayed by one year to 2024. This bet is also strengthened by the fact that the EP and the Council are both proposing 2024 as the first year. But on the flip side, I am absolutely convinced shipping will be rolled into the ETS. There will be no last-minute negotiating surprises giving shipping a permanent reprieve. So far, there is little detail emerging from the trilogue negotiations themselves, but when we look at the positions of the respective bodies, we can safely say that the EP is the greenest, with the Council sitting somewhere in between the Commission and the EP. I would therefore not be surprised if the final outcome for shipping is fairly close to the Council position. We'll know more in a couple of months' time, but we can already now safely say that the cost implications for shipping will be significant. So, to the fuel EU maritime. This is not as far advanced as the ETS, as the European Parliament is still in the process of working out its position. We're seeing divergent committee views that may very well have an impact on the outcome when the proposed amendments are voted on in the European Parliament plenary. On the other hand, we are on the cusp of the vote at this time of recording, so at the very least it is highly likely that we will have the final position established by the time you hear this and be on the verge of the trilogue starting. Seeing that the regulation is intended to become effective from 2025, getting the trilogue done in time seems eminently doable, and I do not, at least for now, see any real risk of this slipping. So come 2025, I expect the regulation to start taking effect. As you may recall from previous episodes, a key part of the fuel e maritime is about setting requirements to what a ship burns not necessarily how much it burns. This is done by setting ever-tightening requirements to the greenhouse gas footprint of the fuel itself. But the second important aspect of the fuel EU maritime is its requirement to shut down the engines and use onshore power supply when at berth. This is proposed to apply to container and passenger ships from 2030, unless they are using zero emission technology. 
And the question of where these OPS facilities are going to be brings us to the last regulation. The Alternative Fuels Infrastructure Directive, now being upgraded to regulation, is the last piece of the puzzle. It's aimed at member states, not directly at ships, and essentially instructs them to provide the necessary amounts of alternative fuels and electricity in core European ports. The Council agreed its position on this proposal this summer, and it is very close to the original proposed by the Commission. The EP is on the verge of finalizing its position and may indeed already have done so by the time you hear this. The main difference is that where the Commission and Council positions both set requirements to the availability of LNG or liquid methane in 2025 and electricity in 2030, the EP adds requirements to the availability of hydrogen and ammonia also from 2025. It remains to be seen how this will play out once the trilogue starts, and not least how member states will respond in making whatever fuels are decided available. But here we also expect to see the final negotiated outcome sometime in 2023, likely in the first half of the year. So to the key takeaways. First and foremost, irrespective of the complexity of the issues, the regulatory work is progressing and new requirements are incoming. There are a few messages I hope you will take away from this. The ETS discussions are well underway, but the implementation for shipping will slide into 2024 unless the negotiation miracle happens. The fuel EU Maritime looks on schedule to enter into force in 2025, maybe with some tightening of requirements. The Alternative Fuels Infrastructure Regulation looks set to take effect from 2025, though possibly with a broader range of fuels. And the Energy Taxation Directive is not moving for at least another year. So there is a lot of stuff coming down the EU pipeline, with very tangible impacts and not that far off time-wise. Anybody involved in shipping and exposed to the EU would be well advised to start thinking about the implications for their business. Thank you for joining us for this episode. When it comes to the EU, there are many moving parts, but most regulations are moving forward, and there will be important drivers for the decarbonization of shipping. In the next episode, we will be looking at the future fuel landscape for the industry. We'll be discussing our maritime forecast to 2050 with the lead author, Eirik Ovrum. If you want to have a look at the report in its entirety, you can download it for free at dnb.com forward slash maritime. You've been listening to the Maritime Impact Podcast from DNV with me, Eric Nyhus. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to give us a rating or review. Thank you for listening. <laughs>